Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, June the 17th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, flounce which means to move with exaggerated, jerky, or bouncy motions. Flounce. Hope everyone is enjoying their Thursday. Like I said, almost the end of the work week. We made it through Wednesday. Now it's Thursday. We got one more day left. And I certainly hope everyone enjoys their day and realizes how blessed they are to be among the living. Well, looks like... uh, North Carolina has joined in the melee to get people vaccinated. They've gone to the lottery also. Four million dollars to be given away. Over the next, let's see here, it starts next week. They're having one drawn next week. They're going to have two in July and looks like a fourth and final one in August. Try to get people vaccinated with an incentive of a $1 million of a winning in a lottery. Huh. Sure is a lot of incentives going around to get people vaccinated. Well, North Carolina stands right now, I believe the last I heard was 54% of people uh, that are vaccinated with at least one dose. And they're trying to not just get that second dose in, but trying to get everyone fully vaccinated. You know, now they're coming out saying they quite possibly by the end of the year could uh, have kids being eligible to be vaccinated. And that's as young as I believe it was two, two or three, something like that. So they're, they're most definitely trying to get everyone vaccinated. Uh, like I said earlier, I don't know about the <laughs> it, it's just amazing the amount of people that at one point in time said they weren't going to get vaccinated. They weren't trying to walk around and look and feel like a cyborg or something. They don't know what's in that vaccine. Now, all of a sudden, when there's money being offered, everyone or a lot certainly seem as though they're thinking about it and actually going through with it. I mean, other states have had have had somewhat of a success with it. Ohio, I know uh, there were a few that, that have won, and that was for education. I'm not too sure about the North Carolina one. I don't know if it's just one million for whoever or whomever, or if it's geared towards uh, education also. But uh, I, I don't know. Everyone needs to be vaccinated, I believe. But I'm not too sure or too keen on the idea of offering money to get people vaccinated. I mean, it just seems kind of odd. At one point in time, like I said, a lot of people were saying they weren't going to take it, but yet when money's on the table, uh, they give it some reconsideration, it looks like. <laughs> uh, good luck to everyone. I, I missed it. I can't join in the drawing. I, I already got vaccinated. And of course, this one is for the newly vaccinated people. People are just now getting vaccinated. Good luck on all fronts. <laughs> you know, I, I was reading an article online and it was talking about the Morgan Stanley CEO. You know, that's the investment bank. Well, apparently the CEO wants all the employees back to work by the fall, September. Well, you know, 
as he says, he feels that everyone is getting or, or majority of being vaccinated. So uh, he's saying, hey, come on back to work. But, you know, one thing that's came up during COVID is uh, people's reluctance to go back to that workforce or especially in the office settings, because as you all know, those offices, they are pretty tight quarters. But the millennials are, are saying, well, you know, I could do the same thing from home. I have a computer. I have internet access. Why do I need to come in the, to the office? And some businesses are saying, yeah, we understand that. We get it. We'll offer you maybe um, part-time in the office. A few days in, a few days out. Yeah, you know, COVID changed a lot. Like I've always said, it is indeed that life-altering event. And it appears here that those that the workforce are saying, hey, once again, don't want to be in those tight quarters. Let me do it from home. But Morgan Stanley, uh, that's most definitely a different type of employer, I would say. Like I said, they're uh, one of the oldest investment banks here in the United States, and they are well-known. CEO put the word out. Good luck with that, because I don't know how that's going to work out for you. I really don't. Like I said, these millennials are saying, nah, we ain't going back in there. Not full-time anyway. Give us some partial time. Now, let's move along. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to dive into my men's health month segment. I told you I would be doing this the whole month of June. Men's health uh, is, of course, something that's near and dear to my heart. I mean, I am a man, of course. But uh, I've ha- I have some uh, health ailments also. And, and in the midst of me doing this this research for this podcast for Men's Health Month, I discovered a lot of things that I didn't know or, or wasn't informed of or had been misinformed. So that's one thing, a few things I would like to just share to hopefully get people informed about their health, become more active in it. And one of the things I uh, stumbled across was uh, a stroke. Now, we all know about stroke. I would think we all know about stroke. We've known someone that has had a stroke, may even have known someone that has died from a stroke. Now, stroke a stroke has been called that silent killer because of that high blood pressure. It is a silent killer. I mean, a lot of times you don't know you're having a stroke. You know, the, the face drooping or the slurred speech. Or, you know, I can, you, you, you hear stories of people that say they woke up and they were asleep and they woke up and they just felt off that slurred speech and that drooping face. That is, the, those are just a couple telltale signs of a stroke. I, I certainly would think if you if you start experiencing that, yeah, you need to call 911 quick, fast, and in a hurry. But a stroke is defined as uh, it hap- it's happening when blood flow to an area of the brain is blocked or when a blood vessel in the brain bursts. Now, the, the risk factors or the top of the risk factors is, of course, high blood pressure, hypertension. It is a major, major factor of causing a stroke. And what they're saying is 47% of men have high blood pressure. Now, the normal reading for high blood pressure is uh, 130 over 80 or 120 over whatever. And when you get to that 130 point or higher, they recommend, highly recommend taking meds. 
Now, four out of five men don't have blood pressure under control. One out of two or half of the men here in the United States, which is about 17.3 million, are recommended to take medicine for their high blood pressure or there's a lot of numbers out there that aren't taking the meds. Two out of three blood pressure cases is uh, they're saying the readings are, are, are greater than 140 over 90. That's your high. That's your high blood pressure. You know, it's, it's, it's like if you listen last time when I talked about diabetes, because diabetes is going to come into this this stroke topic also. When I uh, discovered I had I had uh, diabetes, found out I, I had high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So it goes hand in hand, sad to say. Now, the risk factors are, of course, one of them is smoking. Smoking damages the blood vessels, which can cause a stroke. One out of six men smoke, by the way. You know, that that smoking is a, it is indeed, it's a huge problem. I smoke, I'm trying to beat that habit. It's a nasty, disgusting habit that I have, and, and, and I have to acknowledge it. Like I said before, I can tell the difference over the years, uh, my breathing, my inability to do simple tasks without giving out a breath, that's that smoking. Need to cut it out. I have high blood pressure and diabetes and high cholesterol. Of course, I need to cut that out. I know that. We all know that. And another risk factor is uh, overweight and obesity. It increases your stroke chances. Where they're saying three out of four men in the U.S. are overweight or obese. Now, overweight is, you know, of course, your your, your pounds overweight for your height or your age or whatever. Obesity is uh, that's that's total. That's something different. Obesity is when you are extremely overweight. We've all seen that television television show. Uh, what is that with the um, <clears throat> where you have those doctors that go around or have people come into the office where they're really obese? Uh, my, well, I believe it's my thousand pound life or, or something like that. I can't remember the actual title of the show, but you get the gist of it. That's obesity. I mean, when you literally can't get out of the bed because your weight is so much can't function in day-to-day livings. A lot of people, when I watch this show, I mean, they could even get up and 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 wipe themselves. Literally, they were too big. And a lot of reasons were for that obesity were uh, they got depressed or they just I don't know for somehow some some reason they just gave up on life. Seems like. But uh, most definitely that risk factor of being overweight and obesity, yeah, it does increases your your risk of a stroke. Next on the list of of the high risk are diabetes because it can harm your blood vessels in the brain or throughout your body. And what they're saying, which which I kind of knew, but what they're saying is one out of nine men have diabetes. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. And next on that high risk factor is uh, too much alcohol. It raises the blood pressure and increases the risk of stroke. It How it does this, it, it increases the levels of tri, triglycerides. Try saying that. I'm trying to say that. But it, triglycerides, which is a, a, a form of fat in the blood 
that uh, hardens your arteries. Blood flow is blocked. That what, that's what causes that stroke. Your, your brain's not getting enough uh, blood. Arteries are blocked. Too much alcohol. Now, hey, I'm a partaker of that alcohol, if I could say that. I like a good, nice, stiff drink every now and again. But too much of it. I mean, I, I guess that would be your everyday drinking. And, and, and when I say every day, <laughs> I mean every day. You gotta drink. That's uh, also tying into that alcoholism. I'll talk about that also during this month. You know, with the too much alcohol, you know, like I said, everyone likes a good stiff drink every now and again. But when you drink every day, multiple times a day or all day, yeah, that's a bit too much. You can't do anything. How can you be productive? Your brain is flooded out with alcohol. Of course, you're not going to be motivated to get up and do anything. And with those triglycerides hardening those uh, artery walls, man, that most definitely increases your risk of a stroke. And last on the list is, uh, of course, not enough physical activity. There's no surprise in that. It uh, it also leads to strokes and other, other health problems. I mean, your body's not active. The blood's not flowing. It's like I said with diabetes, you got to get up and get active. When you're physically inactive, it does lead to other health problems, any and everything. Heart slows down. Lungs can't expand. Blood's not flowing. Not only that, but your muscles, you know, they start to weaken in bones also. You know, by me working in retail and, and, and working at a drugstore, I see a lot of men come in. And of course, you see the older ones. But what I've noticed is the younger ones, guys that are around my age, some younger. There, It seems like there's an increased number of those males standing in line to get those prescriptions. I mean, like I said before, we're not physically active like we used to be. You know, I can remember a time, like I said, when, when I was a kid, I would see guys that are the age I am now. They were out and about being active, man. They were at the basketball court, tennis courts, uh, sitting outside the community centers, hitting a golf ball around even, doing whatever to be active. And I understand now that I'm in my 40s, what they were doing. They lived longer. They were healthier. So we got to get physically active here, guys. We have to. There's no way around it. It leads to so much when we're inactive. When we just sit around, come home from work, pop the top on those cold ones, and eat all those fried foods. <laughs> oh, man. That's another thing. Your, your eating habits. Also, those fried foods, they harden those artery walls, too, with all of that grease and animal fat. So you got to change those eating habits also. Not your diet, but your eating habits. Now... What they're also saying is uh, for African-American men or black males, two out of five have blood pressure readings of 140 over 90. That's your severe hypertension or blood pressure. Now, either they have that high reading or they're on meds. But what they're also saying, there's a large percentage of men that aren't taking those meds also. Hmm. Got to take those meds. And we go back to diabetes again. 
which for, for black males, one out of nine have diabetes. Diabetes is prevalent in the African-American community. This we know. Diabetes and that high blood pressure is like they're, they're kindred spirits. They go hand in hand. And another thing I, I didn't know as it relates to stroke is um, what they're saying is sickle cell disease. Now, sickle cell is a, a genetic disorder that is um, prominent in almost only, and I say almost only because there's a low percentage that it does for other the other races, but it, it is a larger percentage of uh, African-Americans or Black Americans that have sickle cell. And what they're saying, one out of 365 babies are born with that genetic disorder. If you ever known anyone that had sickle cell, it is a hard thing to watch the the the, the pain that they're in, the discomfort, extreme excruciating pain, and it's even worse to watch a baby with it because they're born with it. A lot of people don't know about it. It is a, a disorder. Well, where the um, I can't remember how they they say it is. The blood cells or a certain blood cell takes on a sickle shape and attacks healthy blood cells, healthy blood, and it increases pain. The pain is so unbearable. I, I had a family member that had it. You know, when she was born, she was born with it. And at that time when she was born, they were saying the life expectancy for those with sickle cell was uh, 17 or 18. They were saying they weren't going to make it. A lot of them wouldn't make it to adulthood and a lot of them didn't but she was blessed and blessed enough she made it into her 20s had a child so there is progress with that sickle cell and that's something else I think I, I'll, I'll talk about because uh, sickle cell like I said there's a low percentage of other races that it infects but it predominantly and mainly attacks African Americans and let's get well let's get back on to the stroke thing also what they're saying seven out of ten black american men are overweight yeah that's me i'm in that seven one out of five black american men stroke smoke i'm sorry smoke that's it it increases your stroke chances and the last on the list is of course that all familiar salt that high salt diet and and (laughs) I wonder, are, are, are a lot of, I mean, how many people are still dumping salt on their food? You know, we can all remember when we go out or, or whatever to eat or whether we're at home and people just dumping salt on their food. I've always thought to myself, but well, damn, don't the food have enough seasoning on it? I mean, what do you need more salt for? And when, when people, they dump it. I mean, they literally dump this mess on their food. So too much salt is another cause of stroke. Now, what they're saying is how to prevent a stroke is uh, one is is an aspirin. And I think that would be your 81 milligram baby aspirin. Just a little small pills, you know, the, the little pink pills or whatever. And it's also for your heart. But first ask your doctor, because what they're saying is the aspirin may increase your uh, risk of stroke also. So you got to consult with your doctor to see if that's something you need to take daily. I do. 81 milligram baby aspirin. Now, a- another way to prevent a stroke is uh, 
Of course, control your blood pressure with healthy lifestyle changes. That's your eating, becoming physically active. Another risk, another way to stop a stroke is cholesterol. Manage also with a, that's managed also with a healthy lifestyle and, and eating habits. Got to back away from those fried foods or those, those uh, high carb uh, meals. More leafy vegetables, more fruits. And smoking ends the list as a way of preventing, of course, don't start. And it is a nasty, disgusting habit. I have to admit, I'm a smoker and it is. Now, high blood pressure entails so much as it relates to this throat pain. It just does. You know, as a, as a black male, I could tell you wholeheartedly, all of these preventative measures and causes of stroke, I out of all of them, I probably commit every single last one. I am in that high risk factor. Know about it. Have known about it. Just bad habits, man. Can't can't stop. Need to stop. Strong will is what I need to be. You know, the smoking, the inactivity, the bad eating habits, the drinking. Well, that started in my Navy days. I can't. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it. There has to be a lifestyle change and it has to be a commitment to oneself. I know a lot of people say, hey, if you're going to do it, do it for your family, you know, do it for your wife and your kids. I say, yeah, that that is definitely motivation. But how about motivation for yourself, self-preservation? You know, all of those risk factors and preventative measures that I name, like I said, I'm guilty of doing all of them. And I realize now at 47, I've got to stop. I just have to. There's no way around it. It has to stop. And and I've just got to make that commitment to myself to stop and better myself. You know, when, when they said that smoking, it ended the list of ways to prevent smoke, uh, stroke. And, and with it, they said, don't start. Yeah, don't start. That, that will most definitely help you because what I've found, quitting smoking is extremely hard. And I think it's hard because it is a habit. It has became a habit. You know, a lot of times I can find myself lighting up a cigarette and I've heard people say this before and I don't even want it. Don't want it. I just feel that I need it. So that's where that want and need thing comes in where you got to somehow, some way block it, stop it. Now, one thing I didn't talk about, and maybe this will open a lot of men's uh, eyes, that eventually over time with these high blood pressure readings and piss poor dieting or piss poor eating habits and lifestyle being inactive, there's uh, impotence. Uh, or the inability to perform sexually. 
that certainly did that get your attention I know it did when they told me <laughs> but I, I, I and I think that's that's probably one thing that a lot of men probably think it, it won't happen to them but over time if you continue that bad lifestyle that piss poor eating habits and being inactive and smoking and drinking and another thing stress stress can can tie into it also leads to a stroke and leads to that inability to sexually perform so it's it's a lifestyle change across the board that has to happen if you want to keep living I mean, not even talking about the, the sexually performing, of course. But if you want to keep living, man, you got to change a lot of things. I, I had a young man, a gentleman I went to school with that passed from a stroke. Surprised me. I mean, to- totally threw me off. And I'm thinking to myself, at that time, we were in our early or mid-40s. And I was thinking to myself, well, why, how in the world? Don't quick, don't readily know how he, he this apparently, this may have been his second stroke because he had a stroke earlier. I think he was in his 30s then. So maybe there was something there with that. I I just don't know. But to think at at that young of age, in your 30s or 40s, we now find find ourselves, and myself included, find ourselves having to battle these health ailments that uh, I won't even say our parents had, because I said, like I said, a lot of them were, were active, but our grandparents, these are what we used to call old people diseases. And we're having to deal with it now. Old people ailments. And we're dealing with it this young in, in our lives. Because in your 40s, you're really not old. A lot of people say that that's so old. That's not old. That, it, it appears to be old because a lot of stuff that we do in our life, we cram it all in there, and then when we get a certain age in our 40s, we're thinking, oh, I done lived enough. No, you haven't. You still got a long way to go if you choose. It's about changing your lifestyle. You have to. You just have to. You know, like I said, if I could say anything to anyone, myself included, change your lifestyle. Change those eating habits. Get you more vegetables on your plate. Get you more fruit. You know, a, a quick snack for me is uh, potato chips, which is a big no-no. That's the salt. Switch it up. Hey, get you some fruit. Yeah, you know, uh, some say a raw vegetable like a carrot or celery. Uh, yeah, that's good. And then I see them dipping in that that ranch dressing, and I'm thinking to myself, well, that totally defeats the purpose. So you, you, you got to change your eating habits. Got to get more fruits and, and leaf, leafy vegetables in there. Put more vegetables on your plate than meat. Hey, I'm, I'm bad for that. I, I, I told I used to tell people, hey, I, I ain't a I ain't a rabbit. I'm a carnivore. I eat meat. Nah, that, <laughs> you, you, you got you got to cut that out, fellas. We we, we are. For African-Americans or or Black Americans, however you term it, the diabetes thing, it is major in our community, in our households. It's major. It really is. It it is to the point now where it's seen as 
something that's there at some point in time somebody's going to catch diabetes yeah because of those piss poor eating habits lifestyle change lifestyle got to change it up so like i say man hey we've got to be more active get out get out get out get out get active move around you know i used to think that me just uh you know, with the work I do or, or, or me coming home every now and again and cutting the grass, that ain't active. That's not a, a regular routine. Your body, your blood can't flow effectively like that. So if you think of you work in, some, uh, work in a field where you're always moving and you're active, that's helping your nah, not really. It's more or less putting a strain on your body is what I was told by uh, a doctor. I'm not a doctor, by the way. I'm not some health guru. I'm not a dietitian or anything like that. These are from life experiences that I'm talking about and, and things that I've I've heard or how things were explained to me. So I could tell you anything, get out, get active, change that, eat, change those eating habits and that lifestyle, back away from that smoking, back away from that alcohol. Just do. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice, so offer your feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. Once again, this is Stephen Cornegate for This Is Just a Thought. Get out, get active. Amen.